Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. Hi. Welcome to episode five of Boozed and Confused. We made it. We, we're we getting there. Shout out to all the time travelers. Uh, no matter where you are or when you are, um, just so you know, this pod is being published on September 7th, 2020. If you are a time traveler and you've listened to our 100th episode already, let us know how it is. And it'd be great if you could let me know what it is that we're talking about for that episode because i have no idea if you're a time traveler and you liked our 100th episode be sure to leave us a review on apple Podcasts, stitcher anywhere you find your podcasts and can leave a review and take a screenshot and send it to us and we will send you a sticker if you're not a time traveler and you've only listened to episodes one through four so far and you've liked them please feel free to also leave us a review and take a screenshot and send it to us and we will send you a sticker for free. Please, we have a lot of stickers. We gotta get rid of these. It's like the entire garage. We overestimated how many people would want stickers, so we got a great discount for 5000 So we figured why not do that 10 times because we're saving even more money, right? That's how, that's like, I think the Costco method, right? Exactly. Okay. Get the paper towels. These are going to make great Christmas gifts. For all the people that you work with. It's going to be an Oprah's favorite giveaway episode. You get a Boost and Confused sticker. You get a Boost and Confused sticker. You all get them. All of you. Like 10. What are you drinking? Something that's not hard enough (laughs) for this episode. I'm drinking a Smithix Red Ale. It's 4.5% of deliciousness. What are you drinking? It's a Fist City Revolution Brewing. I need about 10 more of these for today's topic. What is today's topic? It's time and a time-traveling soldier who may or may not be real. In this universe? Don't even get me started. (laughs) For context, we usually record our episodes... Uh, sometime between like Friday and Sundays. It is Monday afternoon. We usually don't record at this time. We usually don't drink this early. But Matt really got into the rabbit hole on this topic. And I, I'm excited to see where it goes. Our topic for the day is about time, time travel, and a time traveling soldier who, well, like to pop up on radio shows and post on early internet web forums ranging from the late 90s to the very early 2000s. I went down the hole really hard on this guy who is from the year 2036, allegedly, and his name is John Teeter. So I guess for everybody going through 2020 and not really having much hope for things as they stand, maybe this is a little bit encouraging, like... We do make it to 2021 and 2036, theoretically. 
actually that's not confirmed this is terrible yeah no nothing is confirmed um i mean there's my 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 mind has been opened to so many new things about time and chance and i um i was i was thinking like what kind of world would we live in if we never even had covid would we even be doing a pod in that case that is some heavy shit i i don't even want to know about a world that we're not doing five episodes and <laughs> maybe 95 more well maybe john can tell us i mean if if we could go back in time and stop covid from happening what would happen to our timeline i don't know I don't know either. And I've been I've been curled up in a ball for for days now and I don't know. I, I just gotta get started. I gotta thank my good friend and my moral compass, James, for getting my eyes on this topic because I've never heard of this guy before. I'm also kind of upset because I spent way too much time looking at time theory and honestly, I'm an English teacher and I, I can't make heads or tails of this stuff. So I just, I really hope there's not some really, really, really smart person like, guess not how any of this works. Because I have no idea. I, I feel like I have to tackle some of the big stuff before I actually get into the guy himself, John Teeter. I just, I just want to do a good job. I want to do him proud. Maybe John Teeter himself comes in here to correct you. <laughs> well, he's actually, he should be alive right now if we're, if we're talking about like, you know, timelines. He should be alive right now. John Teeter, if you hear this and you're alive, shoot us an email at boozedandconfusedpodcast at gmail.com. We have an email? We do have an email. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know if this is related or this is unrelated. We used to watch Doctor Who all the time, right? Correct. Who's your favorite doctor? I know the answer. Um. Okay. Well, Eccleston was my first doctor. Tennant will always be my favorite doctor. I like Smith because he wore a bow tie and a fez, and those were all cool. To get the concept even bite-sized for me, I had to watch an episode. of. And Honestly, I'm, I'm happy because I haven't watched Doctor Who in years. This was one of the episodes with Tennant in it, actually. And I'm sure you're going to remember it because it was, uh, it was a really weird one. So I kind of want to get back into it and power through all the upcoming and like the recent episodes too like i know we tried to do capaldi and didn't really dig it but i think he's a good guy i had more of a problem with clara than i did with capaldi sorry clara your time was very much over well spoilers i think she died in like a really horrible way so like there yeah i think she might want. be a dalek oh she does end up as a dalek doesn't she oopsies I thought she got like flown into by like a murder of crows or something. I think I think the actress who played uh Arya Stark was in that episode. Anyways. Anyways. Um I'm just I'm really hoping that one day the doctor can be a ginger. Like they keep saying, Oh, thank God I'm not a ginger. Like, you know, why not? Why not? Be let the doctor be a ginger. For those listening who don't know Matt and I personally Matt is a ginger. He wants doctor representation. Gingers have souls. You know who was a ginger on Doctor Who? Who? 
Donna, and this was her episode. This is one of the episodes that Tennant wasn't really in. Like, he was in the very beginning at the very end, but everything else he kind of wasn't. Uh, this is an episode where she gets her palms read by, well, a lady who tells her about this one moment where she could have turned left or right at a crossroads and more or less one would have had her meet the doctor and get to there and the other one, well, she wouldn't. And pretty much we get this whole alternate timeline where Donna turns right instead of turning left and everything changes. So she's she's going to a job interview and I remember like her mom's awful on the show like her mom's very petty her mom's very annoying and just like, like a big nuisance but she takes a left turn and gets a different job and she never meets the doctor and so she's at a Christmas party and they're all drinking at the pub which I miss doing with people mm. it's nice to see people an alien spaceship attacks London and the army ends up beating it but they mention losing a guy called the doctor and there's this like dramatic scene where they're rolling the body um you know like covering the blanket and you see this hand fall from beneath the blanket and he drops the sonic screwdriver and this is actually an episode with rose tyler the previous one of the previous uh companions i'm not sure if there's one in between i think there was martha as well but this isn't a Doctor Who episode um, podcast. We gotta, we gotta get going here. But I, I do gotta nail out some of the things that happen in the episode because it's crazy, and this is gonna really help me ex explain my point. I don't remember when Rose got off the show, but I think this is like a one-off when she comes back. And actually, she comes back a couple of times I think in the future as well. But whatever. Um, Martha, I think, was mentioned. Um, they reference an episode, I think, where these like giant like rhino aliens steal a hospital and it goes on the moon and people die because there's no air on the moon. And she dies too anyways. Uh, so a whole bunch of increasingly awful stuff happens. The hospital vanishes. Um, the Titanic spaceship episode. There's a Titanic spaceship that crashes uh, into Buckingham Palace. For that yeah okay that was a, yeah, yeah doctor who saves the day pretty much all these episodes that we saw happen he's not around because he's been killed and so pretty much that crashing into um london is that where the palace is i'm so uncultured sorry people from england uh but that crash causes a nuclear explosion and millions of people are killed and this brings in martial law in england something like six million americans die um by being turned into those little fat alien things adipose which is a suiting fit for our country i think they're so cute but it's like they're people they're so cute so donna is displaced with her family and they're shoved into apartments with dozens of other people England puts all non-English people in labor camps, and it turns out the fabric of space-time is being ripped apart, all because the Donna took the wrong turn. Holy shit. Yes, and so eventually Donna travels back to a few minutes before the other Donna would have had to make the wrong turn, and long story short, that Donna walks in front of a truck to cause an accident, 
and it causes a backup that causes the other Donna to get impatient and take a right turn, which is where she meets the doctor. So nothing ever happened. And so even though she dies, it ends up that she never existed in the first place. That's some heavy shit. So, yeah, like we watched Donna. We watched the Donna that we watched the entire episode both exist and cease to ever be due to this time loop. And so I know I'm talking about time travel and I'm talking about like alternate timeline right now. But what I'm saying is it's kind of like the same thing. I feel like that meme where uh, Elon Musk is like holding the blunt, talking to Joe Rogan right now. That's how I feel. That's how I feel right now. So like every episode that happened before this one was already determined because this later episode happened preventing what would have happened if this episode didn't happen, causing the darkest timeline where space is ripped apart. Left turn, right turn. Everything else happens. Are you guys still following after Are that? you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm I'm intrigued. My beer's already empty. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's not. I'm kidding. This is I'm partially putting this on, but I'm also partially sleep deprived from just you know how I said like I'm never up at three in the morning doing the whole rabbit hole thing? No, I was. I was up until like four, four thirty. I was like, all right, if the sun comes up this is bad. I haven't done that since like college. And that's like almost 10 years ago now. So when you when you add time travel into a story, you get all this like headache material. It's um wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to get back into time travel theory in a minute. Uh what would you do? What would you do if you could travel back in time? Like if you could go back to your younger self, what would you do? Okay, before the younger self part, um, I feel like everybody who's asked this question might feel some obligation to, like, go back and kill Hitler. I feel like everyone who exists is obliged to at least mention it. Yeah, like yeah. it would, it should be top three. Also, I'm pretty sure going back in time and killing Hitler is also a Doctor Who episode. Is it? I'm pretty sure there's like a famous line where they're like, let's go kill Hitler. Do you remember that movie Kung Fury where the time cop and there's like a T-Rex is it's an awesome movie. Look up Kung Fury, everybody. It's beautiful. So what would you do if you could come back in time? You know what? You could even have two answers. What would you do in general? And then what would you do? Uh, if you could go back to your, your younger self. I don't know. I wish you would have given me this question hours ago so I could think about it. Well, isn't that part of the show's premise is like, I don't really tell you what we're talking about. Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. So in my personal history, I don't know. Actually, no. You know what? I I will say I would go back in time in my personal history and just spend more time with my grandparents. I know that's really cheesy, but I feel like I was definitely young and took time with them for granted. So I, w- I would I would spend more time with my grandparents. Um, that's such a I know. wholesome answer. <laughs> I know that's so cheesy. I'm sorry. Um, and in general, I mean, really, top three would be Hitler. But um, I don't know. It's a tough question. It is a tough question. Behind the curtains moment here, everyone listening, all three of you who still might be with us. My dad, 
Matt's mom. And Mothman. Yeah. Carol Ann paused the recording and thought about this for three hours. So this is now three hours <laughs> later from when we started. There's also another universe where I didn't pause at all. Now you get it. Now you're getting it. This is oh exactly what I'm talking about. Um, do you ever think about what the effects would be on you? Have you done this? Like, I don't know exactly what they would be, but I don't know what I'd pick, but I imagine for myself, there are a number of times I would totally go back and just kick my own ass. I would just beat myself up, like physically. <laughs> do you remember... Oh, God, this is going to make me fucking cry because every time I think about it, it makes me cry. The Van Gogh episode of Doctor Who. Oh, when he goes back into the future oh, and God. he like sees everyone and saying, oh, he's a genius. And, and, then they, and then they come back to the present day and she expects more work to be done. And no, he still killed himself. Yeah. Oh. I, I have the Van Gogh painting of the Tarv exploding in my classroom i've gotten teary-eyed you did get teary-eyed but we're not pausing we're gonna go live we're gonna do it live so you think just going back in time and talking to yourself or doing one thing or two things to affect yourself is a very small scale while wow, she's actually wiping the tears from her <laughs> eyes right now <laughs> that episode always gets me think about this when you when you drop like a tiny little pebble into water the ripples are really small and i actually at, at the creek yesterday i was doing that and I was watching how actually humongous those little ripples were. And then technically, like if I had gone back in time to talk to myself or, or something to punch myself or whatever, I think it'd be a funny prank just to like prank myself. If I had gone into the past to change a part of my life, I wouldn't really need to go into the past now because it happened already in the past, right? Yes. See? <laughs> Do you see? <laughs> There has to be a pushing off point somewhere in between the beginning and the present. The paradox, it they abound. There's a name for this. It's called the bootstrap paradox. I'm going to go into it. I'm going to do my very best. Again, I'm, I like words. I like poetry. I like Harry Potter. I actually don't really like Harry Potter that much. I like Lord of the Rings, but are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm just... You're still I, thinking about Van Gogh? Van Gogh and... I don't, there's just a lot of, yeah, no, I'm good. Let's keep going. Okay, good. Uh, this, this paradox, I think, is a smidgen easier to understand if I give like a tangible object instead of me just doing stuff. So I'm a big Shakespeare fan. They also go back to Shakespeare. So I'm, thanks, Doctor Who, for being a part of every part of this episode. Um, do you remember that cool play we went to? I do. Yeah, all of Shakespeare's deaths. Yeah, it was called Complete Deaths. Uh, I want to say it was done by this like traveling troupe of actors from England, but they weren't all English. I think there was like three or four of them. It was called like Monkey Paw or mm -hmm. Monkey Something, and I'm not you know like no big deal. Like I got called up on stage and I got to help Brutus kill himself. Um, it's my acting debut. Uh, I'm waiting for my callback. <laughs> Uh, any, any day now. This play was three years ago. <laughs> any day now. So let's say I want to get my complete works of Shakespeare book autographed by Shakespeare, like in person. So I'm going to hop in my time machine that obviously exists. 
I'm going to dial it in. I'm going to land. I'm going to hide that thing so I can actually get back eventually. And boom, I'm in jolly old England and I'm looking around for Shakespeare. My game plan would be to like sneak backstage groupie style during a show and tell him what a huge fan I am and how all my students don't understand anything he's saying. But wait, no one's heard of him. But I have this book in my bag, Shakespeare's Complete Works. I keep going around and no one has heard of Bill. That's why I call him Billy Shakes. No one's heard of Romeo and Juliet, no Hamlet, no Macbeth, no Twelfth Night. So I decide people have to see this. And so I start taking the info from my book, the sonnets, the plays, and I start to publish them so that people can actually enjoy it, so that I can teach it in the future. I publish the plays. They blow up. Boom. I'm Shakespeare. That's not the paradox, though. What the fuck is happening right now? Who wrote the plays? I had the book. I bought it from the store. There was no Shakespeare when I got to Old England. The book I brought to Old England became the source of all the plays and the sonnets. Who wrote the works of Shakespeare then? The book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. Mom, Mom, can you pick me up? I'm scared. The book I bought at the store relies on the fact that it's written. And the publication of the book relies on the fact that I go back in time with the book and do it myself. This works for a lot of other things, um, objects, people, information. And my, like, my brain is like leaking out of my ears, and I think Caroline's crying again. Um, we view time in a linear concept, right? Sun comes up, it's way in the sky, it goes down. Yes. A, the past leads to B, the present, which leads to C, the future. The future is always unknown until the acts of the past and present occur, correct? Correct. Okay, good. However, the, in the paradox, event C causes A. This means that the future event, uh, it has already happened, and the linear view of time is just like flipped all around, and A, B, and C are equally real and important like in the same plane of existence another behind the curtain moment there we actually paused it again and cried for about two more hours <laughs> it's now tuesday uh big big oof right but like in theory you understand the concept a little bit yes okay i got i got more for you i've got more oh boy um, all right this is more of a multiverse theory but this is where our main man, John Teeter, kind of comes into the episode. So here, um, uh, imagine like every single possible outcome from every single thing becomes its own universe. Think of like a, you know, like a coin flip, okay? Two chances, heads or tails. Yeah. Call it in the air. Tails. It was heads. Oh, God. And I guess all possible outcomes of quantum measurements uh, are physically realized in some world or universe so if we just had a universe of just coin flips that's all, that's the only thing that existed was just a coin flipping heads tails heads tails heads tails you're going to have physical universes form and split they're both equally real but in one universe it was heads 
and it won its tails. And then in those two universes, it happens again, and they split again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And that's just coin flips. Uh, have, have you ever heard of that, um, that cat paradox? Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's yeah. cat. It, you put the cat in the box. Uh, you put some dangerous stuff in the box, like explosives or poison or radiation. And the, in theory, this cat is in a quantum superposition where it is both dead and alive. And it will remain in that position until it is viewed. And nature then falls to one side or the other. And at that point, it seems like there's a split and both results are realized, but they don't affect each other. I'm really sorry. If, if there's someone who actually understands this and you're just like foaming at the mouth right now, I, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. He's like, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> so physicists added up this theoretical potential number of universes in the multiverse, assuming that this is how it works. Like, if there were a multiverse, here's how many there would be. It's like 10 to the 10th, but that 10th is also to the 10th, and that is to the 7th power. So 10 to the 10th alone is like 10 trillion. So you've got 10 to the 10th, but that 10th is 10 trillion, and that 10 trillion is up a further 10 million so you know it's it's some it's some uncountable number of universes popping off for every change that happens for every odd all equally real occurring simultaneously so there are universes in the multiverse that are extremely similar to each other Perhaps the way you pronounce that book series with the bears? Berenstain and Berenstain. Or who's that guy who died in jail in South Africa, allegedly? Nelson Mandela. Yeah. The Mandela effect. Yeah. Um, these these super similar and really slight changes. And that's as simple as it could be. An E or an A. Someone dies in prison. Someone doesn't die in prison. Um the way you write the F on the Ford logo, you know, these really slight changes. My head is killing me. My head hurts so much right now. So that's the show. Uh, thanks, everyone. <laughs> um, we mentally cannot sustain anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get the cat, and he's just going to purr for the next three hours. <laughs> so, like, every every single act of every single person is a unique division think which is like a staggering concept i also might be in right field like picking my nose um and there's not even a baseball game going on it's like it finished two hours ago and i'm just standing there because my coach knows that no one hits the ball out there so go ahead matt stand out there and I, i'm i'm just standing there that's how i feel right now i'm not even sure if i'm even in the ballpark right now with this i think that's why i rewatched the doctor who episode uh, I'm also getting like Rick and Morty vibes right now. Um, I have a really high IQ, which is why I like the show so oh much. Oh my god! There's this, no, no, no. There's this episode where Rick and Morty turn 
the entire like their their world i think it's like earth c137 they turned their world into this like abomination of monsters uh morty wanted a girl at school to like him so he started playing with like pheromones and it got into the school system and then rick tried to fix it and it basically it becomes an unusable world um, and they just kind of ditch that world behind and so I think they even leave their family. And it's like like one of a few actual people remaining in that world, you know, that version of Earth. So they, they wait to find a version of reality where a different Rick and Morty die and they just kind of like fill in their place. Like they bury their own bodies and just fill in. All right, let's tackle this. John, John Teeter, everyone. John Teeter, a soldier. Uh, also a Florida man. Oh, you know, that explains everything. He's a man on a mission from the past. Oh, God. But also the future. He came from the future, went into the past, and then came to, like, you know, like, the U.S., 1998, hung around for a little bit, popped back up in 2001, and that's really it. Let's Let's talk about him. And you know his 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 first appearance is not at all surprising. There was this radio show called Coast to Coast, it's like Coast to Coast AM or something. Uh, there was this guy named Art Bell who was this host, and this this radio show was like a late night radio show, open phone lines. People talk about like aliens, Bigfoot. Um, someone called in claiming to be the Antichrist. And this guy, Art, uh, Art Bell, just goes with it. And he talks to everybody. And he reads fan mail. And he, he, he just has debates with people. And on July 29th, 1998, he receives a fax. A fax message. I can hear the sound of the fax machine in my head. So I'm going to read the fax that he received. Uh, it goes, Dear Art, I had to fax when I heard... Other time travelers calling in from any time past the year 2500 A.D. Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnet field by altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. Time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn your singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your timeline machine are now there. In other words, a new universe is created. To go back to your original line, you must travel a split second farther back and immediately throw the engine into forward without turning it off. Some interesting outcomes of this are, one, you meet yourself. I have done it often, even taken a younger version of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. Two, you can alter history in the new universe that you have just created. Most of the time, the changes are subtle. Sometimes I'll notice car models that don't exist or books that come out late. 
The oldest one was a skyscraper that wasn't built in a near favorite store of mine in New York. Interestingly, when you travel in time, you must compensate for the orbit of the Earth. Since the time machine doesn't move, you have to adjust the engine so you remain on the planet when you turn it off. Unfortunately, it was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in the year 2564. Everyone who has ever been there has reported that nothing exists. When the, uh, when the machine is turned off, you find yourself surrounded by blackness and silence. Now, most time travelers are trying to find out where the line went bad by going into the past, creating a new universe, and proceeding forward to see if the same thing results in 2564. It appears that the line went bad around the year 2000. I'm here now, in this time, to test a few theories of mine before going forward. Now, for the future you might know about. 1. Y2K is a disaster. Many people die on the highways when they freeze to death trying to get to warmer weather. 2. The government tries to keep power by instituting martial law, but all that fails when their efforts to bring the power back fail. 3. A power facility in Denver is able to restart itself, but is mobbed by hundreds and thousands of people and destroyed. This convinces most that maybe we shouldn't bring the old systems back up. 4. A few years later, communal government system is developed after the constitution takes a few twists. China retakes Taiwan, Israel wins the largest battle for their life, and Russia is covered in nuclear snow from their collapsed reactors. Art. The reason I'm here now is because I believe a nuclear weapon set off by Iraq in the Middle East war with Israel might have something to do with the damaged timeline. I will test that theory and get back to you. Please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. And that's the first facts. The first? There's, There's more. One. All right. You know what? Before you start with the second one, I need a beer. Another beer. I told you this was not hard enough. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, so there's this this brick wall in the future, and they're just trying to figure out what can we do to not have this brick wall. The magic number is 2564, the end of everything. A second fax makes it way to Art Bell, and things get a little juicier. He says, Dear Mr. Bell, I'm glad you're back. I faxed this information to you the other day before you left the air. I wanted to make sure it wasn't lost in the shuffle, so I'm sending you a gift. If you've already seen this, please accept my apologies. If you choose to make this public, please do not publish the fax number. I had to fax when I heard the other time traveler calling in from the recent time past, in fact, the year 2500 AD. Again, there's this this brick wall that he knows exists that he thinks people who are saying they're from the future like beyond that are liars because well this show kind of pulled in those people but this this fax continues and says let me explain mr bell i sent a fax with this opening on july 29th 1998 as i said then i am a time traveler i've been on this world line since april of this year and I plan to leave soon. Typically, time travelers do not purposely affect the world lines they visit. 
However, this mission is unusually long and I've grown attached to some of the people I've met here. Anyway, for my own reasons, I have decided to help this world blind by sharing information about the future with a few people in hope that it will help their future. I am contacting you for the same reason. Unfortunately, there is no historical reference to your program in my world line. I believe you can change your future by creating one now. Some of the information presented on your program may be invaluable to upline researchers. I suggest you isolate the programs that concentrate on military technology and new physics theories. Transcribe these programs and put them someplace safe away from the box. I recommend someplace in the Midwest. I also urge you to reconsider your paranoia to the Russians. They are not preparing for war with the average U.S. citizen. They are preparing for war with the U.S. government. They will eventually save this country and the lives of millions of Americans. I realize my claims are a bit challenging to accept, so I will send the following once I know you have received this fax. A few pages from the operations manual of my time machine and a few colored photographs of my vehicle. If you wish to contact me, I will be happy to share with you the nature of time, the physics of time travel, and some of the events of your future. So both of those <laughs> those faxes get to Art Bell in 1998. I'm honestly not sure what came of that, uh, but he did tell Bell to like save some stuff, hide some stuff, and keep it in the Midwest. That's important for later. And that's all we see up until 2000, and it's not until January uh, 27th of 2001 that we see the name John Teeter actually show up. Okay, so with that, we're going to actually step away from the mic for a little bit. So we'll be back real soon. Wait for John Teeter to come back and be like, you know what? The shit sucks. You're not even close. <laughs> and it's not pronounced Teeter. It's pronounced Titer or something like that. Watch. My name is pronounced Jean. <laughs> exactly. Be sure and check out part two where we explore John Teeter and his internet interactions. See you soon. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Boost and Confused and enjoy our podcast in general, we would very much appreciate if you were to leave us a review. Please also follow us to get updates on when new episodes drop on Mondays. If you would like to connect with us, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or if social media is not your thing, you can send us an email at boostandconfusedpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.